2: Hey guys, and welcome to Paranormal Thoughts Podcast. And as always, thanks for joining me. Today's episode, I'm doing something that I sort of did a few weeks ago where I look at some of the most haunted places in a particular location. And today I thought I'd keep it back at home doing Australia's most haunted. These places are said to be some of Australia's most haunted. They're definitely some of the most popular places. And that's normally the way this works. The places that obviously get a lot of tourism, uh, they're going to pop up more often. Uh, But from what I can see, there is evidence from what I can find of these places definitely being somewhat Haunted. One of them being one place I've actually visited and had my own experience. So just before we get more into that, I just want to say if you enjoy this episode, please subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us out. If you could also leave a review. If you are going to do that on iTunes as well, you have to actually give it a star rating, then leave a comment for it to actually work. If you actually do listen on the Apple podcast type system, please feel free to do that. We have a blog, which is paranormalthoughtspodcast.wordpress.com. Everything that I mentioned in this podcast in terms of photos, audio will actually be posted on on there which you can come check out also we are on Facebook and Instagram it would actually be a big help if you jump on over there because it's slowly growing but uh, definitely if you want to get involved I guess with us a little bit more social media wise that would be a big help and of course feel free to reach out if you want to actually see or hear any content on the podcast always happy to hear from you guys and it's really greatly appreciated when you do reach out so getting into Australia's most haunted so as I was kind of saying this list is sort of something that I've been researching and places that I am aware of that are haunted. So they're not, it's not like one to five. It's not like, you know, a top 10 type list where I'm rating them in any particular order. It's, it's literally just, these are places that are known to be pretty haunted here in Australia. And I want to educate some of you on it because I know majority of my listeners are in America. So I think it might be interesting for you guys to maybe check out some of the pretty haunted places we have here because of course Australia being literally colonized by criminals we've had a lot of interesting facilities built here that are quite haunted now. So I want to start with the National Film and Sound Archive which is based in Canberra which is pretty much Australia's political hub you can say. Uh, There's not a ton of stuff that really goes on in Canberra, it's a pretty small town nowhere near the ocean so it's kind of like you might go there on a school trip. Um, or, you know, if you want to go check out the war kind of museum, there's not a ton. It's, it is literally like a, it's where our parliament house is. So where the prime minister is and all that fun stuff. So, but one thing that is there is obviously the national film and sound archive. So pretty much anything that has been filmed here in Australia, um, or I guess recorded audio wise is stored in this facility. Uh, it was built in the 1920s and it wasn't originally the location where everything, Film and sound wise was stored, it was actually something a little bit darker. It actually served as the Australian Institute of Anatomy for more than 50 years. It housed human skeletons, animal specimens, and artifacts, and was even the site of scientific experiments. Pretty much between the 30s through the 50s, it was one of the most popular things you could do in Canberra. You'd go to see Parliament House and then go and see the Institute of Anatomy. So in the 80s, it became the National Film and Sound Archive. Everything was stripped and new facilities were built. So pretty much the morgue became meeting rooms. They also built some sound recording booths down there and that's where a lot of the activity actually goes on in the building. I think an interesting thing to mention, the man who built the original building, his name was Sir Colin Mackenzie. There's actually a plaque with his name in the foyer of the building and his ashes are actually behind that wall. On that plaque, he left this message as well. If you're looking for a monument to me, you are within it. He's saying if you're looking for a monument to him, here it is. You're in his tomb. He built his own tomb and you're walking in it. So Colin McKenzie is actually one of the spirits that people will claim to see. They'll be in the building late in the afternoon and they'll see a figure of an elderly man dressed quite well. And apparently he will actually come out of the wall where his ashes are stored. He doesn't seem to do much. He'll come out of the wall, hang around and then actually return back into the wall. A lot of the activity actually goes on in the basement where the morgue once resided. A lot of that activity is voices, sounds, things actually flying around the room. Almost very poltergeist type activity, actually. A lot of things, a lot of movement, pretty much. Our good friend of the podcast, Tim the Man, he was on the podcast about six months ago. He's done a lot of research along that sort of part of the coast. So he's very familiar with this location and actually has done a lot of tours himself. And for the most part, a lot of the research I actually found was him taking people through and a lot of his own accounts. And Tim is quite sceptical as well. So for him to kind of come forward and say there's some really strange things that go on here, I do actually believe it could be one of Australia's most haunted places. Even a contractor was working in the building and was actually pinned up against the wall by an unseeable force. And I think that's always interesting when you actually hear of an account from someone who has nothing to do with, you know, I guess, visiting the location or doing a ghost tour. He's literally there to do his daily work and then he has experienced something out of the ordinary and has actually come forward as well and actually reported that. I think that's always a really good sign of evidence. I think a really interesting site is Port Arthur. For those who don't know much about Port Arthur, there's uh, quite a bit that's actually gone on there. It's uh, in Tasmania, so the very bottom of Australia, pretty much as far as you can go. Port Arthur was a prison colony in the early 1830s, pretty much when people would move over from Britain into Australia. Obviously, Australia has a very interesting history. It was pretty much founded for off convicts. So as you can imagine, we had a lot of jails, a lot of prison-type facilities with a lot of prisoners, some being very innocent and then some also not being so innocent. But Port Arthur was one uh, that was built for Britain's most hardened criminals. majority of it was actually built by the criminals as well, so they were literally put to labour. Uh, all the men and young boys were out in the field literally building this colony. A lot of men committed suicide within the walls of Port Arthur. If you're religious and you commit suicide, that's pretty much a death wish. Yeah, you're going to go straight to hell. And many of the men thought hell would be better than Port Arthur. Over a 1,000 convicts perished within the walls of Port Arthur over 47 years. Port Arthur also contains over 1,600 graves, majority of them unmarked. So obviously, you know, when you look at a place that is either a prison, an old hospital, a lunatic-type asylum, there's obviously reason for spirits to be lingering around of course because they're not pleasant places no one really wants to be in any of these locations I think the the thing is with Port Arthur there's another side of the story in 1996 the worst massacre shooting in Australia's history actually took place in Port Arthur this event, What I'm about to speak about is pretty much the reason why Australia has the gun laws it currently has. Port Arthur has this double meaning. It's the historical site of the British prison. But then, you know, 22 years ago, there was the worst shooting in Australia's history where 35 people were gunned down. April 28, 1996, Martin Bryant, who had a subnormal IQ and intellectual disabilities decided to take on a mass shooting, which took 35 people's lives and 23 people wounded in Port Arthur. The experiences that people have at Port Arthur are pretty broad, uh, from cold spots, feeling spirits, full-body type apparitions. There's photos I'll put on the blog that you can check out of some interesting things that people have captured. I've also got some great EVPs here from Port Arthur Paranormal. They also have a blog over at WordPress, so you can check out a link in the description of the podcast. And I'm gonna play you three of their EVPs. One which was recorded in the commandant's house and it actually sounds like there is a small child giggling. Not active. No. The next is probably my favorite out of everything that they have found. And this is a voice actually answering an investigator. The investigator says, Somebody say hello. Come
1: on, say hello.
2: Sounds like someone's saying hello. Come
1: on, say hello.
2: And this next one is actually a voice repeating what the lady says. So she says, Kids are gone. And you almost hear this very fast whisper uh, that sounds like it's actually repeating her
0: Kids are gone.
2: So thank you to Port Arthur Paranormal for sharing your awesome research. And please, guys, if you want to know more about Port Arthur and all its paranormal happenings, please check out portarthurparanormal.wordpress.com. Now, heading over to Western Australia, one of the few places in Australia I actually haven't been. And there is a place in Fremantle called the Fremantle Arts Centre. And once again, the Fremantle Arts Centre didn't originally start as an arts centre. It's taken on a lot of different roles, but it was originally built by by convicts in the 1860s as an asylum for the criminally insane. Being an asylum, of course, people died from many different reasons, from suicides to, I suppose, just being uh, mentally unwell and people at the time not knowing how to deal with that. I think one thing I found interesting when researching this location was apparently there is something called Phantom Lips where people claim to have been kissed by an unseeable force which I can't say I've ever really come across, uh, and I'm not sure exactly what that feeling is either. But I think that's interesting But that that's something that's been reported anyway. I'm not, as I said, I can't really comment on what that feeling is because a feeling of being touched, you know, on your neck or on your arm is one thing, but then to actually feel someone's lips, I'm not sure. There's also been reports of some of the security guards being pushed downstairs. There's also been people who've reported smells of uh, burning flesh, where they once had uh, electric shock therapy as well. I think this location seems really interesting because it was built by convicts once again, housed criminally insane people.
0: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. YahooFinance.com,
2: And then since then has taken on the role of being like a nursing home, army headquarters, a museum, uh, and now obviously it being a little less dark by being an art center, which, you know, always a bit of fun. Uh, Obviously a lot of people have passed through these walls, a lot of different people as well. Uh, It hasn't just served as sort of one purpose and then closed. Now it's a historical site. It's literally... There's people still currently using it for all sorts of different reasons. So there'd be a lot of a lot of energy coming in and out. And obviously spirits require energy to interact with our world. I think it's definitely a different hotspot, you know, because it is still being used as a business. So the evidence that I have for the Fremantle Arts Centre, digging around online, I was trying to find the best clips, obviously audio-based for the most part because this is a podcast, of paranormal happenings that have been recorded there. So this is what I have for the Fremantle Arts Centre in Perth. It's a EVP where it's very short and it's pretty much a disembodied voice saying, what's that thing? I think it's one of those situations where Font will come up on the screen and actually tell you what is being said. Uh, without that, you probably wouldn't know what the fuck they were saying. So it's it's a good one to kind of go. All right, that could be a very sh- like just any sort of noise, and people have then sort of uh, had to listen to it and sort of picked up on what they think it says. It's a, it's a very interesting EVP. It's very I suppose very scary in a sense. It's very um, not very human that voice at all, and it's very it seems quite distant but also quite close at the same time. It's potentially. I think it might be saying, what's that thing? But have a listen for yourself anyway. This This next site is actually one I've spoken about on the podcast before, and it's the only one I have visited myself out of this list. I do plan on getting to these other sites uh, when I'm in the area, obviously, but uh, for the minute. This one is back in my hometown of Brisbane, and this is Bogger Road Jail. Bogger Road was pretty much Brisbane's prison, which was built in 1883 and literally ran for 109 years, closing in the 80s. It was originally built to house pretty low-level type crimes, but over the years they ended up actually having the worst of the worst, so murderers, uh, I guess rapists, everything you can kind of imagine, that's who ended up being housed there over those 109 years. It housed some very interesting criminals there as well, including James Richard Finch and John Andrew Stewart, and they actually bombed a nightclub in Brisbane. There was the Houdini of Bogger Road Jail, Slim Halliday, who managed to escape twice, being Australia's most famous escapist. And Ernest Austin, who was a child killer, who actually was the last man to be executed in Queensland. The fact that this prison was opened up until the late 80s is pretty extreme because when you visit the location, it literally seems like something that's been closed for, you know, easily 50 years. 60, 100 years, you know, it definitely was no modern-day prison. It must have been a shithole to have to serve your time in this place. The type of spirits that occur at Bogger Road, I think one of the most famous would be a prison guard who will walk along the fence, and you often hear reports of people seeing his apparition. The experience that I had at Bogger Road, I feel, was actually the same guard I just spoke about then. Um, Hard to obviously say, but... I was on a tour of uh, maybe 15 other people and we were in the ward of the prison that was originally served as, I, I think, the woman's hospital. Uh, so it was on the second floor of one of the buildings. So we walked through a door that was locked. That door was locked behind us. Then we walked up some stairs and I feel like there might have been another door. But either way, we were on the second floor, have walked through a door and then we walked through a corridor into a large open space. So it was originally served as some sort of hospital and then became the guard's uh, break room. So we were all sitting on the back wall along this quite large room, wooden floors, uh, and our guide was sitting there with us and we were trying to get some communication going on. It was it was apparently a quiet night for the prison, uh, usually be a lot more sort of activity and obviously we're all thinking that's always the way, isn't it? We're sitting there and we're trying to get this guard to come in interact with us and we start hearing some heavy distant footsteps coming up the stairs I can't say I've really ever experienced an auditory type experience quite that clear before in my life to the point where when the footsteps got to the top of the stairs I literally you were expecting to see someone standing there but of course there's no one there but the room filled with 15 people all heard these footsteps and we that was actually recorded um on a recorder but unfortunately the group uh I don't know for whatever reason they say they release the evidence they find but I've never seen them release anything so be that let that be a bit of a um a thing if you guys actually want to capture your own evidence probably bring your own gear uh, even if they're funny about it I don't know just try to hide it I'm not like that's probably the wrong thing to say but I think if you're paying money to go on a tour you should be able to you know capture your own evidence and bring it back with you if you so choose like bring your own cameras I think it's it's kind of uh it's a bit of a shitty thing for them to let you use their equipment but then you don't really get to see or hear anything that you've captured it's pretty fucking ridiculous really anyway that's uh that's another point but it's just it did it just kind of shits me because that was such a a pinnacle moment I think for me just going like well (laughs) there's there's some more evidence hey that's I just I've We all just experienced that. That's insane. Now, there was some great evidence for Bogger Road um, from Mama Owl Paranormal, who have done a bunch of videos. And this is great because I can actually play you some EVPs that they've found. It's really hard to find good-sounding EVPs, so uh, stay tuned because I plan on uh, changing that, hopefully, in the next coming weeks, if you can catch my drift a little bit there, without saying too much. But um, there's some great bits that I can uh, play for you here. So these following knocking noises were actually in the room that I had my experience with the footsteps. So I think this is actually a really great piece of audio because I've been in this position and actually heard, I suppose you could say, similar sounds. Come up the stairs, come out and view the people out
0: in the yard because there's people walking around your jail right now. At night, people should be in their cells and you should be here taking charge need to get up here you need to take charge these people are going to escape if you don't get up here
2: and do something about it and set the alarms off i thought we could finish this with a residential building the monte cristo homestead in Juni new south wales the homestead was built in 1876 by christopher william crawley who bought the property's farmland he became quite wealthy when Juni got its railway which connected Sydney to Melbourne. He raised a family there with his wife and 10 kids. The house is beautifully preserved. It, uh, I believe it has been renovated since the now owners who own the property uh, have bought the land. They actually bought the land off the longest living son of the Crawley family. So it pretty much stayed in the family the entire time until recently. Why is this said to be one of Australia's most haunted homes? Well, it seems like there was quite some tragedy uh, that took place at the Monte Cristo homestead. The nanny dropped 10-month-old Ethel down the stairs and it's believed that the nanny says the baby was actually pushed out of her arms. And since that time, people have said there is an almost sinister energy around the staircase and children don't like to be on the staircase or near it. Mr Crawley actually died in his bedroom from blood poisoning in 1910. And his wife actually never got over it. She never left the house for the 20 years after uh, her husband passing until she actually passed. Some more tragedy was from one of the caretakers of the homestead. This caretaker had a son named Harold Steele, named Harold Steele. His mother kept him chained to the cottage that they lived in on the property. He was intellectually disabled and he was chained up for about 40 years. When his mother passed... He was actually there, left alone, chained up, I suppose, for many days before someone actually found him. And after they did find him, they actually took him to an institution where he not long after died. In the 60s, a caretaker, Jack Simpson was hired to protect the building when the family wasn't there. A local youth who had recently seen the film Psycho actually turned up to the property and shot Jack, claiming he was influenced by the film. Some pretty full-on stuff has happened at this location. I couldn't find any EVPs to play you of uh, some evidence of the hauntings that take place there. But from what I can see online, that from what I can see, it actually does seem to have a lot of activity. And it's it's obviously from a lot of different sources, a lot of different people who have been visiting the place ever since it's reopened as as a spot for people who do have a interest in the paranormal to go and view the location. I feel like it would definitely be worth checking out if you were ever in the area of Juni. So that pretty much summarises some of the most haunted places in Australia. What do you guys think? Did I leave anything off the list? Of course, well, obviously I did. But, you know, if you have visited anywhere and you actually have some evidence, please, please send it to me at uh, podcast at gmail.com. Shoot me a link or whatever you have on Facebook. You know, more than happy to see what you guys have experienced. Um, you know, if we can sort of build almost like our own little hub for evidence that would be great as well because some of the shit that's out online is pretty hard to come across and you know um it's hard to sort of decipher what is sort of solid evidence and what you know could be easily explained as well but as i said earlier if you enjoyed this episode or any of our previous episodes please like subscribe follow the podcast in any capacity you can we're on every podcast server itunes stitcher cast box anywhere you get your podcast we're going to be there also I just want to make a quick mention too I'm actually working and I've been wanting to say this for a while but I'm actually in the process now of working on some merch Uh, I've left this for the end of the podcast because most of you have probably clicked off before this point so uh, if it doesn't happen uh, I can use that as an excuse but um if you actually would want to wear some of our uh, merchandise uh, either by I suppose winning it in some sort of competition type way or actually purchasing it, uh, please let me know because I think that's something I want to actually start working towards because we are starting to pick up some pretty good momentum, and I really want to actually take this podcast to a new level that I've wanted to be doing for I've wanted to do that for a while now, but I think it's time to really get it to that place now. So let me know, guys, um, and I'm going to make it happen. Either way, either way, I probably want to wear my own shirt anyway, so that'd be sick. All right, guys, thanks for listening, and I'll catch you in another podcast episode real soon. Thanks, bye. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag? Say hello to Quince.